it's Robin Marshall. I'm having all of these thoughts spinning like plates on sticks in my head. That feeling of not being able to let yourself 100% go when you finally may have met the right person. I look back and I see my history and my choices. I don't want to call them bad choices, but they certainly give cause for pause. While being married to one man for 27, 28 years, the first few years were great. I mean, most marriages are in the beginning when you're raising your children and you're working or you have your own business and everything is time-consumed around your family situation. And there's really nothing better than that. Because you're so busy, there's no time to look for mistakes. And coming from a family where you live with a mom and dad, there are certain things that your father always did, like light the gas grill, or pay the bills, or have the taxes taken care of, or change the flat on your tire, or look under the hood and see if everything is right. All these things I never learned how to do, walked into a marriage, and then he did all those things. So, let's see, 50 years later, <laughs> I just learned how to light a gas grill. And can I tell you how proud I was of myself for doing something like that? I still don't know how to attach the little hose thingy that goes to that big gas container, but I know how to turn it on and I know how to cook with it, which is more than I could do for my entire life. I learned how to light a fire in the fireplace without using those pre-lit logs. I mean, I use real wood with newspaper. Never did I do that in my life. Mm-mm. It just was not part of my job description as a child, a teen, a young adult, or a wife. I still can't kill bugs. That's the one thing I really, really miss. I take Tupperware, and I try to catch it, and then I slide a paper plate under the Tupperware and pray to God that the lip of the lid doesn't let the bug out, because all I'm trying to do is let it go free, but just not in my house. So there are so many things, those kind of things. That's just one plate that's spinning. But when I think about each relationship that's mattered to me throughout the years, my husband, we had some financial problems, but, you know, most people did that went through the recession. He just had a harder time picking himself back up. So I wound up being resentful of the fact that I was doing most of the work. Plus, having five kids, it just wasn't easy, and let's not forget the two dogs. But it left a scar on me, to the point where now when I look for men or a man to fulfill that spot, that place in my heart that I really want to fill, money matters. I want to know, there's like a prerequisite list that's in my head that I want to put little check boxes with check marks inside the box. How much money do you make? What kind of a car do you drive? Those things never used to matter to me, but they do now. And I'm ashamed of myself because they do. But in all reality, for practical purposes, we're not getting any younger here. I want to know how I'm going to retire and who I choose to retire with 
should be able to do that without my help. Then I jump into another relationship, which is a little embarrassing to say, but you might be the woman that's done the same thing and it was involving a married man. And man, did I fall hard. He told me he was having this marriage of nothing, like it was filled with fluff, but no substance to the fluff. And he had one foot out the door, so much so that he had most of his stuff moved in with me into my apartment. And he would tell his wife when he would travel for business that he'd be gone Monday through Thursday, but he'd really only be gone Wednesday through Thursday, and he'd stay with me Monday and Tuesday. I mean, it was all kinds of little tricks that you may have gone through too. And through thick and thin, and when I tell you there was a lot of both within that relationship, you start to feel like everything about you comes second. You're second best because he's always trying to manipulate the circumstances and the relationship avenue as to which one he can walk with you on without being seen by somebody he knows, without leaving a strand of hair behind in his car, always worrying about makeup getting on his clothes. These are heavy things to worry about, not on his end, but on my end, because I really loved him and I was concerned for him. And you know, I used to kid and say, oh, I wish he'd just get caught already. But the truth of the matter was, I didn't want him to get caught, to leave his wife, to be thrown out. I wanted him to leave on his own, of his own choice, because you can't force a sale. She could kick him out, and he could come with me, she could change her mind, and he could go back. So, jumping from father who did everything and was a bit over the top, to my husband, who started out like gangbusters and then fell asleep at the wheel, to meeting this man who meant everything in the world to me, but I wasn't allowed to have him. And then I met this next person who was absolutely brilliant in his line of work. I mean, a consultant for the United States, that kind of brilliant. But stupid, stupid, stupid when it came to being emotional. Like he acted like he was 12. And I didn't have time for that. And I tried to tell him that. I would ask him to please calm down. You can't take me and have me in a chokehold and expect me to respond and say, I love you back. No matter how hard you squeeze somebody or hold something tightly in your hand, it's not going to change the opinion of the person who you're squeezing. It's going to make them run even farther. That was another choice that I guess wasn't proper. And I stayed with him for a couple years. I really did because he made my life easier. I didn't have to worry financially. I didn't have to worry that he didn't love me. I did have a huge worry about the fact that I just couldn't seem to fall in love with him. And I know that there's nothing worse for anyone in the world than to be in love with somebody that's not in love with you. How horrible is that? It's so sad. I tried. How do you try and fall in love with somebody? I did 
backflips to try and give him the equivalent to what he gave me. And I couldn't do it. And I kept telling him. I kept telling the truth. And I think I might have been better off, not for me, but for him, lying. Maybe this is one of those situations where the truth is not always the best thing to offer up because it got to the point where we both realized this was not going to work. But he became very nasty and very mean and very vindictive and telling me all the amounts of money he'd spent on me for everything from a toothbrush to a leather coat. It didn't matter what it was. It didn't matter how expensive it was, but he kept track of every dime he spent. He had it written down, not on the computer, handwritten with the dollar sign and the decimal points in a list. And every time we'd have a fight, he'd pull that list out that was on crisp paper and he would put it in my face and say, look what I've done for you lately. Why can't you do the same for me? I don't know which of those relationships were worse. I mean, I was never, ever at peace. So now, here I am. I've met a man who is trying desperately to make me happy. And you know what? He does. But there's a part of me that is always waiting for that other shoe to drop. And it's scary. Because he's not what I set out to find. And that's the part that makes me doubt myself. When did I become this person? That checklist that is embedded in my brain, where I say to myself, he's got to have money. Well, when did that become number one? Well, probably because the man that I had just been with made money such a big deal, elevated me into a lifestyle that I had never lived in in my life and then pulled the rug out from under me when we decided it was over and left me to deal with all these things he'd purchased that I now have to maintain on my salary. So money is important to me. I don't necessarily need somebody else's money, but I certainly don't want to, looking back at my husband, take care of somebody else. They've got to be able to financially support themselves and at the same time be generous enough to offer me if I should ever need. Or a present for no reason. Those are the things I love. It doesn't have to be expensive. It could be just a card. Those things make me happy. So I'm dealing with the money issue because of my husband and the lack of and this man who put me in a position where I can't afford what I've got now. What he drives. When did that matter? When did it become, when did it become more of a status figure than a convenience to get from point A to point B? I was never like that. How do we change so drastically within one lifetime? So here's this man who is sweet as honey. He will do anything for me to make me smile. He knows I'm going through a rough time because of all the illnesses that I've gone through, that I am rising above slowly but surely. He takes me places like dancing. 
And he hasn't been dancing in 20 years because during his marriage, his wife lost interest after the first year or two. So all the dancing and fun things they used to do, he gave up on because she gave up on him. So we went dancing and we had fun, genuine fun. I cooked dinner for him. I normally don't cook because it's just me here. But I had somebody here and I made this delicious meal and it turned out great. You know, it could have gone either way, but I mean, I watched it like a hawk. I didn't forget it in the oven. I didn't forget to turn the oven on. (laughs) I even tried something new. I took those little red potatoes, whatever they're called, those tiny potatoes, not tiny, but no, not like a big, big potato. And I wrapped bacon around them and cooked them. And my God, I surprised myself. They were delicious. He asked for seconds. And so all I'm trying to get at is that pitter-patter that one wants to feel in their heart because there is a connection. I'm still not feeling. And I want to because that's all I want in life is to feel that chemistry that love, that I can't wait to see him feeling. And I'm not sure if it comes in time, if it's something that has to grow, because it's been so long. The only time I had it, really, in the last 10 years, was with the man who was married. And I still love him. (sighs) I think that's the problem. I can't let go of that. It's so scary. Will I ever get over that? My goodness. What's a man going to have to do? Stand on his hands to cartwheels? I mean, this other man that, you know, bought me so many things, you know, he was doing it the wrong way. He was trying to buy my love. I kept saying that won't work. And it was probably because I just don't know how to stop being in love with the other man, the wrong man. At one point, I tried to explain to my married man, I I can't move forward with you in my life. But it's like, I can't live with you. And I can't live without you. So I'm stuck. And I know I'm just so trying to keep it together. (laughs) Well, I told him I knew it wasn't his fault. I mean, I signed up for it. I knew what I was getting into when I got into it. Time just doesn't seem to be my friend. In this case, I've got to get a grip. It's really funny because my daughter, she was in love with this kid. Oh, ever since she started high school, they were best friends and, you know, they fell in love and they had this long distance relationship after I moved them all from New York to the Carolinas. And they would fall asleep every night together with FaceTime on. And they would wake up every morning to, <laughs> to each other with FaceTime on. And one thing led to another and they broke up. And she was absolutely 
heartbroken, devastated, depressed. There was nothing anybody could do to break through to this young girl of mine. And then about a year went by, and all of a sudden, we find out that she's talking to him again, even after he did the wrong thing by her. I took her aside, and I said, Honey, why are you setting yourself up for this again? Why are you going to put yourself through this? Let yourself get hurt again. She says, Mom, I'm not at that stage with him right now. She says, But you have to understand, we were best friends. He was my best friend all through high school, even before we started dating. How do you just say goodbye to your best friend? And I said, But honey, things evolved, and you became more than best friends. You became lovers. You were everything to each other, so you can't just segregate the friendship. And she just sort of, you know, tilted her head and and gave me a little smile and looked at me, and she said, Mom, I'll be okay when I'm ready to be okay. (laughs) So here I am, and I'm telling myself exactly what I said to her. I don't know how to walk away from my best friend. He became my best friend. I know you've been through it. Whether he was married, whether it was just a breakup, but most relationships that mean something and become something and make you feel like you want to live forever, those kinds of relationships are best friend relationships with benefits. <laughs> the sex is almost secondary because they mean so much to you that you would consider dying for them or giving up something that really matters for them. So how do I continue to be with this new person who is doing everything right but just doesn't fit my relationship mold that I was looking for. And yet, why does there have to be a mold? When did I force myself into that space? Got to drive a nice car. Got to have a nine-to-five, you know, business suit type corporate job. Got to have a couple hundred thousand dollars in the bank, have to have retirement plans, something to sell, you know, maybe stocks, options, 401k, something like that. That's what I was looking for. Someone that's had kids so they understand me and somebody that would put me first, not second. I want all of those things. This man drives a pickup truck, and it's one of these hot rod pickup trucks. So everywhere you go, you hear this truck coming. I don't understand this stuff, but it's got 400 horsepower of something somewhere. Some kind of short bed, I think is what he said, which has anything in my brain lit up because I picture a short bed is like a couch that you pull out. (laughs) And, you know, he owns his own business He does cabinetry work and he flips houses and you're only as good as your next house. So what future do you have? He says he's in no debt. I said, but that doesn't mean you have anything. It means you don't owe anything, which is terrific. And I'm not trying to put you down or make you feel less of a man because that's not who I am. 
I put men up on a pedestal. But if you don't have financial futures that you will be able to fall back on, how are you going to take care of yourself? And if you can't take care of yourself as a person, how can I expect you to be able to take care of me? I really think that's the bottom line. I want to know that somebody, if push came to shove, would offer to help me and not make me be the one to always be helping somebody else. I don't think it's selfish. I think I'm overdue. I wonder how you feel. Don't you get tired of being the strong one, wondering what he's thinking and if he really cares or if he would die for you? Don't you wonder what the intensity of his love is for you? All I want is to be able to open up. I I feel like a rosebud that's not opening. I feel pretty. After all I've been through with, I've had so many illnesses lately with cancer and hip surgery and chemo that can destroy so many things, but I still feel like a beautiful rose. But the petals, they're just not opening. I want them to. This married man knew all my little intricacies and and crazinesses and and things that mattered. But even he wouldn't do everything that I wanted. And I don't mean that I expected things. For example, he would ask me if I needed anything at the grocery store. And I wouldn't ask for a lot. Milk, orange juice, butter, and, you know, maybe some kind of cracker or potato chip or something. And he would buy things that he liked, not things that I liked. He would tell me that we would go away for a couple days and make me excited and make me feel like, oh, you know what, there's a, there's a possibility here that during the week he can say to his wife, I have a business trip. And I'd be on cloud nine just waiting and I'd tell him it's got to be before Thanksgiving and I'd say, you want to take me to New Orleans? I've never been there. Oh, and he'd get so excited. Oh, you'll love it. Next thing you know, it's come and gone. He never meant that he was going to take me. He just kept making me feel like he thought I wanted to feel. So how do you trust somebody like that? How do you love somebody that you can't trust 100%? And that's the only thing that I can draw on right now. The fact that there is a lack of trust there. From the very beginning, he told me he was leaving his wife. Yeah, I know it's an old story. But I mean, he did move in with me and was there for quite a while and then just couldn't pull the trigger. So I should have seen the writing on the wall way back when. But I kept hoping. You know, hope is a very powerful drug. (laughs) It can keep you going for years. Maybe that's what I need to do. I don't want to think negatively of him because I do love him. But maybe I need to concentrate and focus a little bit more on the part that wasn't so good. The part where I could ask him a question as simple as, did you vote? And he'd say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, we didn't want to talk to each other about who we were voting for because we really were on opposite ends of the totem pole. And then three days later, I said, all right, well, I've got to go vote. And uh, 
I'm running out of time. It's Tuesday. And I said, did you go? And I said it on purpose. And he goes, yeah, I went this morning. And I looked at him and I said, well, then why did you tell me you voted three days ago? And he said, I don't know why I said that. I just did. And it just left a door wide open for me to think of all the other things that he may have lied about. Off the cuff lies. So am I looking for one type of man or aren't I? And can I deal with a man who is not the type of man I was looking for? Can I give somebody like that the chance to make me happy? I see with my own eyes how happy I'm making him. And he's so sweet. And he's nice looking. And he's a hard worker. And I think I owe it to myself to let that rose bloom just a little bit at least. Wouldn't you feel that way? Have you let your rose open up completely lately? And even so, even if a couple petals fall off, there are so many hundreds of petals inside a rose, it's much more resilient than you think. And I'll leave you with that, because you are like a rose. We all are. We are resilient women. And I'm just looking for that bud to expand and open. And I'm not afraid of the petals falling off because I know how resilient a rose is. So you shouldn't be either. Let the petals fall because there are so many that will take its place. Just in that one rosebud, I just have to have that bud bloom. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Don't settle. Don't let yourself settle. Really, you deserve more. Don't settle. It's not easy to make changes. Honestly, you can hear it in my voice. It's scary as hell. But I think if I let my walls down a little bit, that bud will bloom. And I'm telling you, there's no reason at this stage in our lives to settle for anything. Yes, there is such a thing as compromise. It's not a dirty word. But man, compromise is both people giving. And if your husband isn't reciprocating or isn't talking or isn't taking care of you in your own way in bed and watches TV more than he listens to you, you're settling. And chances are he might feel the same way. You might want to talk about it together. Find out. Because you still have a good 20, 30 years to go. Wouldn't you rather have them be fulfilling years? There could be rose bushes blooming around us right now. Because we have magic and sparkle and glitter all over us. It's an aura that good women have. Maybe the next time we talk, we'll be able to share notes about new experiences. Whether you talk to your husband or your boyfriend and you find out some things you don't want to know, but those are the things that can be fixed. And maybe I'll bloom a little by the next time I talk to you. (laughs) I'll let you know. Thank you for listening. Sometimes I exhaust myself. I'm not kidding. I hope you have a wonderful week.
I'll let you know what happens, I promise. I've been honest this far. I'm just lucky that none of the men I'm involved with are computer savvy enough to listen to my podcasts. Holy hell. <laughs> Maybe it's a death wish. Maybe I'm secretly wishing that they'll hear. Because, I mean, I'm giving the manual, the Robin Marshall manual, every time I open my mouth. What more could somebody want? You want the woman? Listen to her podcast. She's telling you exactly who she is and what she wants. Jeez, how much more could I do? Serve it on a silver platter? It's ridiculous. And then I let myself get upset. <laughs> I am who I am. That's all. And they all find me entertaining. That's the word. You're just so entertaining. <laughs> well, so is Santa. So let me go find his lap and climb up there for a while. See if he finds me entertaining. I'll tell him exactly what I want. Maybe that's what I need. A magic wand and Santa's lap. <laughs> I'll talk with you soon. I'm going Santa hunting. Bye. <laughs>